0: is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Too many contractors are working too hard for too little. Too many have a full-time sales job or production job while trying to grow their company. This is Brian Kaskavalsian from G4 Marketing, and I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be that way. Just a few short years ago, my guest, John Anglis, owner of Carefree Home Pros in Connecticut, was working six days a week. He was responsible for over 90% of the sales made in his company and was really struggling to grow. Michael Gerber said in the e if your business requires your presence, you don't have a business, you have a job. Well, John had a job, and he wanted a business. In this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, we'll discuss John's path from overworked business owner to the owner of a home improvement business run by systems. You'll hear John talk about the important decisions he had to make in order to break free from everything in the business relying on him. You'll find out how he stopped running leads and relying on sales commissions to feed his family and... As a result of his efforts, since two thousand thirteen, he's grown his company three hundred and seventy five percent, and he's down to one day a week in the office. John will be the first to tell you there is nothing special about him. If he can do it, so can you. So let's get into it.
1: All right, John, welcome to the the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, um, and in this episode. You know, I really, I want to talk about kind of your, how your business has changed over the last few years and how you've changed. Um, I know now you run a very successful operation in um, Connecticut. Um, I know that you are working just one day a week, basically, on your business, and um, I think your business has grown pretty substantially. You can share numbers or not share numbers with uh, with our audience, Um Let's put that aside for a minute. That's where you are now. Let's go back to when you started, though. I want to give us a the quick version of how you got into the business.
2: Sure. Well, good morning, Brian, and, and um, thanks for having me. Um, I basically started out while I was in high school. I answered an ad uh, for telemarketing, and it paid like $1.50 an hour more than the minimum wage. I figured, what the hell? and i started making telephone calls out of the white pages back in the early 90s and i was you know pretty good at it um, was it for home improvement? Yep, for home improvement. Yep. Okay. Uh it was a window and siding company. And um you know basically it was a scenario where my manager was uh not a very good manager and it was a social club and then i ended up actually getting a pink slip for lack of production. I didn't want to lose my extra dollar an hour. So, I hustled to keep that extra dollar an hour, and <laughs> lo and behold, I made a ton of money as a high schooler um you know maximizing the opportunity so uh from there, I became a telemarketing manager uh that manager left, and the best one in the room got promoted. Um, I kind of learned the hard way, looking back the best telemarketer isn't always the best manager I didn't get any manager training; it was just here, go run the room so trial and error for many years and um I guess was you that while you ex- were, yeah. but you
1: got that promotion while you were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, it was uh yeah, it was about April of 1992, and I was still part-time, but uh by June I graduated and I uh went full-time. I think it was like 3 days after graduation, bang, full-time. Um I married my high school sweetheart, so, you know, not going to college and not knowing what was going to happen in the future. I had to take care of this woman, so uh i popped it into overdrive um i got into sales actually accidentally as well um the owner i was working for was also a salesperson and he didn't want to run a couple of leads i I generated because he said he'd run them before and it was a waste of time so i asked him to at least give me a demo credit and he wouldn't so i said you know that's kind of not fair blah, blah 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 he says well if you think it's so good you run it you've been asking to get into sales and I remember saying, I don't know how to sell. You've got to train me. He says, well, compare this window to that window and give them a discount if they buy today. Looking back, I think he didn't want me in sales. I think he wanted me on the phone, so he figured if I fell on my face, I'd get off his back. And knowing that he couldn't sell this woman, her name was Wanda Madrick, <laughs> I sold her three windows. And when I came back, I couldn't wait to show the owner, look what I did. So he was a little puzzled and said, "Well, if you think, if, you know, that 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 was an existing customer, uh, why don't why don't you try this one?" And I sold that one too, and the rest is history.
1: <laughs> so, how long did you sell for for that company?
2: Um, I would say probably off and on from nineteen ninety two uh, through
1: ninety five. Okay.
2: Yep, and And then, you were um,
1: making. Uh, so, did you? Were you still doing telemarketing, or th- were you doing both, or did you move completely into sales?
2: No, when I, I had a baby on the way, and it was clear that i never forget the first, um, I think I made $115 on those three windows, which blew my mind. And then the next one he said, "We'll give this one a try. I remember making $220. And from being on a phone 12 hours a day to going in a house and just talking and telling jokes, uh, and making you know a third of my pay in two hours, uh, I was hooked. So with the baby on the way, I, I just went into sales. I went into commission sales. I risked my salary, and went right into sales.
1: Nice. And it worked out for you. Now, did you continue to follow the advice that they that they gave you? Compare this window to that window and give them a discount if they buy today.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, the, the the owner certainly wanted a sale if it was possible. But the training I got was so meager because, again, I, you know, I was nineteen years old. I looked like I was fifteen years old. I was like one hundred and fifteen pounds, five foot six, no facial hair, military crew cut. My glasses were bigger than my face, and um, I think, like I said, he just wanted me not to sell so that I would stop asking him and just go back on the phones. But uh, that came natural to me, and. Um, you know, that's 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 pretty much the training I got. Now certainly once I could sell, you go to regular sales meetings back and forth, you learn a little bit more, but you know, as far as a formal here's how we do it, the company I work for really didn't have a system like that.
1: So then what happened what happened next? Um did you go right into your own business?
2: Um yeah, actually, um, you know, I I, I wasn't taken care of, I wasn't appreciated, and I ended up starting my own business and i quickly learned that just because i was a good telemarketer doesn't mean i'm a good telemarketing manager and i also learned that just because you can sell doesn't necessarily mean you know how to run a business so early on my first business didn't really go well and again i have uh, two kids and a mortgage and a car payment at this point at 22 years old so um you know i went back and sold for other companies here and there and um you know made a lot of money again put a little bit of money away and uh in 2000 I decided to give it another shot with what I learned and um that's when I started uh my home improvement business in Connecticut cool
1: and so and so you've been doing that straight for the last 16 years now yes indeed um and so now I I you know I know you and I've known you for years I think five or six years so I know a lot of your story um you know it's one thing today you know we look at people w- at where they are today and we think oh man you know he's got this and he's got that and it it sometimes has the uh effect of kind of deflating you right you're deflating your confidence and your and your, and your self esteem and and it's like oh man how can I, how am i ever going to get there But you have a very interesting... How you got to where you are did not happen overnight. It took a little while.
2: Yeah, it took a long while. I'll never forget. um, A lot of my journey began with a friend who actually at the time was a consultant who came to my business to uh, launch a canvassing department and um, got me interested in audio books. And the first audio book I listened to was Good to Great from Jim Collins where he talked about Walmart where you know they look like an overnight success, and people say, "Oh my god i wish I wish I got lucky like that where the 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 story I guess of it is the the time between the first Walmart opening and the second one was twenty five years wow. so nobody nobody sees all the work that goes in um to the backside, but I learned, as I mentioned before, even when I didn't do well with my first business with my second business, I did better." um certainly managed my money better sold for more profitability etc but i was just sort of uh owning a job 2.0 i did all i did everything the first time around and then the second time around i did everything i just i just did everything a little bit better but i did everything Mm -hmm. um and that was you know that was a long time of 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 you know trying to grow the business
1: yeah. So in there in okay, so in that you said a couple of interesting things. I want to come back to both to those things. You mentioned uh, you were introduced to audiobooks.
2: Tell mm-hmm. me
1: more about that.
2: Well, audiobooks really, if you're honest with yourself, and this is from my perspective, I, I love the expression do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? Um and rich doesn't have to be money. Rich could be, you know, time, rich could be any any number of things. Um, I'm a guy that that wants to be rich. So, you know, there are certain audio books that were recommended to me by people that I respected, that I listened to, and you are driving the car and you go, hey, I do that, you know, and you feel like a million bucks. And then sometimes you drive and go, oh, my God, I do that. And, um, you know, again, self-awareness wasn't something that came natural to me as far as what, you know, I might have been doing wrong, et cetera. But those audio books, certain ones I can point to that really – like? What, what, well, uh, Think and Grow Rich um, cleared my mind and my subconscious. Um, why am I so unlucky? Why does it have to be so hard? Why, why is so-and-so, who's known as a dishonest person, doing so well and me, Mr. Honesty? I'm, I mean, what happened was Think and Grow Rich got me to realize what you think in your subconscious is what you get in life. So I expected to be unlucky and I found nothing but evidence of that. So Think and Grow Rich helped me clean my perception up um, that I truly do get out of life what I expect. Uh, the second book uh, that made a huge difference was the E-Myth. I had gone to a seminar. Uh, I spent about $3,000 to go to a seminar. And at the end, the speaker said, The uh, book I recommend is the E-Myth. And I realized that uh, for 30 bucks, I could have gotten all the information I needed. I spent 3000 for because that's what it was based on but nonetheless uh systemizing your business uh franchising your business um what what as a- th- statistic from from that book says that uh ninety percent of all businesses fail new businesses fail within the first year, and of the ones that survive eighty percent fail in the next five years where franchises have like a ninety plus percent um retention rate so that taught me, you know, you can't teach a salesman a feeling. You can't teach, you know, geez, when you feel like this, this is the right thing to say at the right time. So I began taking that advice and um, scripting every bit about my business that I, I possibly could. The third th- the third audio book that made a world of difference was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People because um, – even though I'm 43 and I'm a Gen Xer, I went to a seminar last year and realized that I'm kind of an old-school, old-fashioned. I identify with the greatest generation. I didn't go to college. I wanted a better life for my kids than I have, so I worked my butt off uh, to provide a better life and other little little things. But I, I realized that when you're a, um, a greatest, genera- um, greatest generation soul in a uh, Gen X and even now millennial world it doesn 't mesh you can 't be Vince Lombardi, you love your players, but you 're so hard on them because you 're hard on yourself. so I actually had to learn how to adjust my thinking and my approach to managing people so that I could reduce you know reduce my my turnaround my turnover um, so Stephen covey uh, seven Habits of how the effective people really you know helped me in that area and then you know, trial and error for a few years, when you put all those things together, all of a sudden, it's, it just it's kicking in on all cylinders, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun now.
0: Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack, you owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime. The only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. So
1: one of the things that I want to point out to The people listening is that every everybody that gets interviewed on this podcast um, we end up some way somehow we end up talking about books and mm-hmm. the importance of books and books that have made a huge impact and so John is an audiobook guy and what 's awesome about audiobooks you know a lot of people say well i don't have time to read um i don't like reading i fall asleep when i read well when you're going from job to job when you're going from place to place in the car that's the perfect time that's when i used to listen to the cassette tapes you and me probably both listened to cassette tapes back in the day right sure um so now we've got them on our phones. We've got Bluetooth. We can we can plug it in. We can plug our phone into our cars now, our trucks. So I think there's no excuse for not learning from those that came before us.
2: Well, an apropos analogy, if I may, is that when I was driving in the car, I listened to music. And Sweet Child of Mine is one of my favorite tunes. I can, I know all the harmonies, I know all the words, I can air guitar it, air drum it, air bass it. And then I realized one day, what the hell is that really getting me? Could you imagine (laughs) if you can air, uh, work with people and air process information and air, and really the implementation of all the books I learned was the struggle because now that right. you're aware and you have all this information, implementation is a whole other angle. But to your point, every time I watch The Godfather, and I've seen it a million times, oh I didn't catch that the first nine hundred and ninety nine thousand times. So that's really to the level that I try to grasp. Some of those books that made the world a difference is just to be able to almost recite them verbatim like those songs because that is when things start to as they, as college football quarterbacks say, when they get into the, the pros after a couple of years, the game's starting to slow down. Now I'm starting to see things before they even happen, and I like to think that's, you know, kind of what happened to me.
1: So you started. So you said with the EMF, you started documenting your processes. How long ago was that? When did you start doing that?
2: I think as soon as I got off the plane from that seminar, which was. Um... I believe it was December of two thousand and eight. I read. I'm, I'm going to make clear. I have, I, I'm not diagnosed, but I think I'm one of those guys with ADD where I can't really read a book because my mind is everywhere. And after I get through a chapter, I have no idea what I read. Mm-hmm. I read that book cover to cover, three hundred pages in a weekend. Yep. And at that point is when I started putting everything together, and I drove my wife crazy because. I'd implement something, and then I'd change it, and then I'd implement this, and then I'd change it. Just, my God, you're changing all the time. I drove her crazy for a few years trying to find the right combination, but you know, do you want to be right, or do you want to be rich? It's not enough to franchise it. You have to test it. You have to adjust it. You have to implement it, et cetera, and that was kind of my process.
1: Yeah. Now, you you so god there's there's so many different areas so there's marketing there's production there's mm-hmm. sales there's admin there's finance mm-hmm. in the business right. are those the areas that you kind of attacked kind of one by one which did you do first
2: well i actually did sales and being a if i may say i think sales came natural to me so that's been a double edged sword because of the fact that i could always sell um, sometimes you go to uh, Plan B a little quicker because you you know what you're doing. So it was natural for me to uh, sort of franchise my selling process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was always good at showing people how great I was, but when you're interviewing or training, and at the end of training, is damn that guy's good. I wish I could do that. That's that's not the effect I was going for. Yeah. So you know, I started with sales and getting to a point where when you're done. You know, now you leave people going. Ah, I could, I could do that. So it started with sales, and then certainly marketing, and um, you know, then we went to installations, etc. So you know, that was that was what I did.
1: Yeah. Now with sales, so so you know, I I tell people all the time, you're probably one of the best in home salespeople I've ever known. Um, Thank you. That could not have been an easy. Process for you, because you do you know you say that you're natural, and I believe you've got some natural skill, I believe that that's true, but you also are pretty disciplined with a process mm-hmm. you it's its you have a step by step by step process in your sales presentations in fact, that's you know one of the things that you do now is you help other people put these processes together in the in their businesses because you're only working on your business one day a week. You need right. something else to do. But we'll come back to that uh, a little bit later. But um, I know up until recently, like within the last few years, you were still 90-plus percent of the sales in your company.
2: Right. Back in so, 2013, even.
1: Yeah. And so how did that change because one of the hardest things i think in this business is i call it i call it the getting out of the truck and it could be you know getting out of the truck in our business in in the home improvement business is literally that it's getting out of the truck but like in in the carpet cleaning business that i started in um, getting from the first truck and getting yourself out of that truck and getting into a second truck and putting somebody else in that truck, that was huge. Most right. people were never able to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, just like dentists, you know, it's getting out of the truck for them is getting out from behind the chair and actually doing the dental work. That was the thing that you were really, really, really good at. How did you start stepping away from that
2: well one of my clients a, a big national manufacturer in ohio i had dinner with a couple couple nights ago and he, he kind of asked the same question and you know a lot of times you think it's well when i have enough money this is what i'm going to do well i've always been good at making money so you know having the money to go out and hire a bunch of people isn't isn't really always the answer you know i I have a lot of clients myself who have a ton of money Tried this and tried that but that's where the implementation um, really comes into play. So um, from my perspective, um, because we had everything systemized, we had everything organized, I took a leap of faith and hired an installations manager. Um, one, of the, one of the people I listen to a lot is Tony Robbins. And, you know, again, if we ask ourselves the wrong questions, why is it so hard to do this? And why the question has to be, what could I do to make it easier? You know, what don't I like about my day-to-day job? You know, I mean, I was looking at retirement and consulting and getting out of this because this is just – but then I realized I really didn't want to handle a lot of the installation issues. So an an installer that had been with me for a very long time, and by the way, why was he with me for a long time? Because I don't know how to install. Uh, Installers either have to know how to do it or they have to be replaced. And because I couldn't say move and take the caulking gun – Uh, I found that I was keeping installation people much longer than the other areas where I could impose my will. So for me, it began with an installations manager who took care of installations and all the problems. And again, uh, little by little, we put a system and process together, which freed me up to focus on growing my sales and marketing team. Um, You know, you the one the one thing about the E myth that is overstated is you can get extraordinary results from ordinary people. That's not true. You you still need the right people. But if you have the right people and you don't give them a system to follow where you know that makes sense, it just doesn't work no matter how good your system is. So for me, I started getting very picky on who I hired. Um, you know, we did the disc type profiles and you know checked the backgrounds and just really really took my time to make sure I was getting a certain personality. And that wasn't perfect, you know, little by little but we're getting hey, close. Struggled,
1: you struggled with that a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, because you know, just like in the in the, the book I was talking about, Think and Grow Rich, where um I saw all the evidence of all the bad luck I was having. When you really need a salesperson, you find all the evidence of how they're Phenomenal. So what if he's got a you know a big word on and, and he's a cyclops? So what? He's got a good person. I mean, it doesn't matter what you see. If you want a salesperson, you're going to find good in anybody that comes in. And in my day, um, in my uh, days of being a lot of my sales, um, that's that's pretty much what happened. If you had a pulse, there was a good chance you were going to get a job. So the first thing I did was is be more patient and bring in the right people. Once you bring in the right people and you have the right system. You start getting the right results, and if you know how to manage them and oversee them, which is an art form in and of itself, you know they stick around. And what I'm proud of is one one of my new hires. I brought him on in February. Never did this before, but he had a phenomenal personality. And I said to my wife and my oldest son, "If this guy can't sell, I'm selling the business." And he struggled for two weeks. So we were we were you know starting to whip up the for sale signs, jokingly of course. But all of a sudden, he just hit the ground running, and from uh, really Beginning of March, uh, when he first started running appointments as two a days um, he's at one point, he's over 1.2 million as we sit here mid November. Never wow. did this before. Negligible rescission rate, closing 45% in his presentations. And in the bathroom business, where our average sale is about $8,000, he has a $3,500 NSLI. Wow. Now, was it worth not hiring that hack to make sure we brought the right person in? Uh, you bet your ass it was.
1: Well, and that's the tough part of it. You know, it's a skill like anything else. You have to learn how to sell. And then you slowly, okay, you knew how to sell. Now what you needed to do was get good at hiring people, training people, and managing people, right? Correct. And now you have a system in place for hiring. You have a system in place for training. And so you're left with the managing of the people, Right, And so, kind of fast forward now, um, so you started doing that in 2013, we're finishing up 2016 as we record this, mm-hmm. what's uh, what changed in your business? Um, how much have you grown? Um, you can share real numbers or you can share percentages, but from 2013 to 2016, uh, how much has the business grown?
2: Well, one quick point I want to make is about managing people. The 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 fact of the matter is what we do at our company is we manage the system. Yeah. Um we we lead people, but we manage the system, which is why I'm able to have a meeting with my department heads every Wednesday, hour to 2 hours depending, and you know, uh plan and review different situations so that, you know, we're all on the same page and, you know, things don't linger. So that's one of the things uh that we do right there. As far as growth is concerned, um from two thousand and fifteen to two thousand and fourteen or fourteen to fifteen um let me rephrase it better in two thousand and fifteen we were up forty five percent from two thousand and thirteen uh fourteen rather and then, as we sit here two thousand and sixteen we 're up about and I know this is going to sound unrealistic. people can certainly call me on an individual basis, and I have no problem we 're on market sharp i 'll share our numbers. Um, but we're up like 80 to 85 percent from this time last year. Um, last year uh, was our, I think it was our third, second full year selling bathrooms, and we won their national award of all their dealers of 96 percent growth in the country. And we're probably 80 85 percent up for them this year too. So that's that's kind of the growth that uh, we've experienced. And I went from being 90 percent of the sales where I owned a job. I think this year, because I do training and consulting and stuff like that, um, I'm not on the. Uh, I go on the road enough to keep my fingers on the pulse. If, if ever I come up with a new concept, I'll go run a couple appointments to make sure it works before I go and say to a client, "Hey, you should try this." So you know, I think this year I'm like two percent of the volume, but that's just to stay fresh. Yeah. Uh, but in that way, I own I own a business, not a job. And right. uh, our growth plans for next year you know we have plans where i'm going to elevate to another level again and 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 try to be more of a shareholder even uh, than into the you know even getting out of the weekly meetings
1: yeah and you know one of the things that always you know and it, and it's almost kind of the, one of the underlying uh success factors in every one of these businesses Um, Every home improvement business, really in any business, but we're talking specifically about home improvement here. And this is one thing, I don't think as long as I've known you, you have never had an issue with charging the right price so you make your right profit. Never. Even when the business was small and it was all you, um, you've never had an issue charging the right amount so you can make the right profit.
2: Yeah, in fact I'll say, Brian, the business when I was in my early twenties, uh I had a, i worked for a person who wasn't one of the higher priced companies, but then when you're a new business you get nervous, you don't have the confidence, you start, you know, dropping drawers, so to speak, to get the job, and ultimately that's why that business didn't succeed. From two thousand on, that's one thing I never have a problem with. He or she who has the best story has the best product. And that's what you know, we've developed at our company and um Yeah, I think we're definitely, especially in our bath business, we're on the higher side of the average in the country Mm -hmm. um, for what we, uh, not the highest, but on the higher side of the average um, with our systems.
1: Well, see, one of the things that I find a lot with a lot of companies, even some of the sophisticated ones, is that they sometimes just are not running on the right margins. And it might be fear, it might be... whatever it's a self-limiting belief you know going back to you know think and grow rich and the beliefs that we put in our heads Mm -hmm. um so that's you know that's hugely important um so one of the things so what you do now is really interesting and i recommend you to 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 all of my clients and even people that that aren't my clients and that is you've actually taken your sales process now and you've take it and you develop it for other companies. Right. Um to, as we wrap up here, tell me a little bit about that. How do you how do you translate a presentation that's used at one company and it works and take it to another company and have it work there too?
2: Well it, it really is about the system of selling. So yeah. um that's why I said earlier, uh, he or she who has the best story truly has the best product. So one of the things we pride ourselves on with, with that end of you know, my career um, is we tell a hell of a story. Um, and a hell of a story doesn't mean you know we're, we're lying because I don't believe in that. We're very transparent. Uh, my selling strategy is to be completely up front. We've got nothing to hide. But you, know, you do have to be able to tell a good story and tie it into whatever the homeowner's need and want is. Um, the other thing is that a lot of companies struggle with is keeping salespeople who've especially never done this before. Uh, I find that you bring people in from other companies. Every time I do that, even though you find, oh, I think this one's an exception, they have baggage, and, and it's very difficult to iron out those wrinkles. So I try to find people who don't have any experience so I can set the proper habits from the beginning. One of the things Zig Ziglar says, which made it uh, an impact on me, is that sales is a transfer of emotion. So when when we're in a home and we're presenting if we're talking about something negative or if we're trying to kill the competition and we do it just as cheerful as we do when we're talking about what our feature does homeowners aren't not just listening to the words they're listening to the they're watching the physicality the face expressions the delivery so not only do we develop a phenomenal story for our clients but we also implement a color coded system so that new people know when you see red, that's a bad thing. When you see red, we want to tell it with pain in our voice, so that the homeowner can feel our pain when we're talking about our product and what our features are. The green means you are going to get really excited about this, so that they're going to get excited about this. When you are talking in a scared way with the red, they're going to be scared. And then finally, the yellow is where we embed pre-closes. So a new person who's you know unfamiliar with our process knows that you don't just feature dump one feature to the next to the next. You want to stop and say, so knowing what you know now, do you see yourself going with X or do you like Y, eliciting a response from the homeowner of, no, I I want Y. And that's pretty much the process there. The other thing I'll say is we put training notes on each slide. So as we often say, when when you go into a homeowner's home with a pitch book under your arm, that's the size of a phone book, and then you have your pictures before and afters, the size of a phone book and your customer testimonials homeowners are concentrating on holy crap how long are you going to be here when we go in with an ipad presentation they have no idea what's in there so they're more focused on what we say and the more that they retain the more likely we're going to have a, a, a good result and i apply that to sales training too. imagine a salesperson who's never done this before who's going to take a chance on a commission job here's a pitch book the size of a phone book here's a training manual um and uh it's a straight commission job so take your time learning it that's very intimidating when you can present a salesperson an ipad even though there's some information in there uh it doesn't look as intimidating so again they're focused on learning the material as opposed to how long is this going to take and we've produced great results for our company and, and for our clients as well
1: nice well look we could keep talking for hours and uh, you probably have the time, because today we're, um, we're not recording this on a Wednesday.
2: No, uh, sir. <laughs> but I'm sure you have uh, other
1: things that uh, you need to do today. So I uh, I appreciate you taking your time out and sharing with us. I will probably ask you to come back again um, at some point, just because there is a lot to cover here. But I think the, the, the great message with you is, look, I did it. I stepped away. It took me a long time to do it, but you know the nice thing about you is, and your experience is, man, you could hopefully influence people that are listening to this and say, "Look, doesn't I don't have to bang my head against the wall for the next year, three years, five years, ten years? You at some point, I, I to me, everything comes down to a decision. You make a decision." And when you make that decision that hey I'm going to do something different, or I'm going to be something different, or I'm going to have something different, and you move towards it, that's what, that's when you really start to see the magic in it. And uh, you know, I, I remember when you were smaller and struggling, and you couldn't let go of the of the sales, and you were having a hard time wanting to let go of it and now here you are working one day a week i think it's it's awesome and and and, and you know you did it everybody can do it
2: well you know brian it's, it's a great example is um if if you live in missouri you can get to the pacific ocean like lewis and clark and walk and encounter everything that they encountered or you can realize that now there's a better plan you can buy a plane ticket and get there in a couple hours So it just depends on, you know, in terms of growing your business, do you want to walk and go through all the terrain or do you want to learn from our, you know, our fathers that were before us and and get there a little bit quicker? And, you know, that's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, well, and that's, you know, that's what we hope to do with with this podcast and by bringing people like you on. So um, I thank you and um for those of you we'll put we'll put uh, we'll, uh some information about John in the show notes but you can go to his website johnanglis.com, a a n g l i s johnanglis.com. uh but we'll put the information um in the show notes and also the books that he recommended thank you again john
2: thanks and, for having me
1: uh, see y'all next time